This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It is Friday. That means we are just a couple days away from the Steelers traveling uh, to uh, Green Bay to face the Packers. Uh, Matt, I want to talk a little bit more about that game, dive into this a little bit more deeply, uh, maybe into some of the numbers. I I was doing some research, I, as I often do, and I, I've looked up the uh, the official the officials in this game. Ah, okay. Yeah, you've been uh, on a kick here, and it's a good one. Yeah, the, the crew in this game is not uh, great in terms of if you're looking for, uh, I Might guess, be a lot of laundry. Game huh? flow. Yeah, It yeah. would be a big one because... This crew is called 60 penalties in three games. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of nah, penalties. That's a lot, yeah. I mean, you get near 10 a game is for any team is hard to overcome. And, I mean, if they're equal, great. I'm sure both of these coaches are warning their team in advance, you know, that we're probably going to see a lot of flags. But, man, I mean, it does make it harder to watch as a fan, and it just influences the game more than I would like, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I – Said the same thing last week, you know, when they they were going to play. They Cleep Blakeman's crew. Mm-hmm. They're they, notorious. They huh? called a lot of uh, yeah. holding penalties. Well, as we saw, they had eight called they had eight called holding penalties going into that game. They called seven in the game against the Bengals and Steelers, mm-hmm. who had combined one holding penalty in their first two games. Yeah, I mean, consistency would be nice, um, but again, you know, it's these the human things. it's the human uh, factor. In yeah, games. yeah, absolutely. I mean. It, it works both ways, though. I mean, it's not like, in a way, if the Steelers are getting called for holds, well, they they can't overcome it as well as right. other offenses. But their defense should draw more holds than other defenses, you would think, too. Yeah, especially you know, when it's all Watson equal. Field. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, so, Although there were a couple times last week I thought Cam Hayward got had a pretty legit case of being several. held. Yeah. And it wasn't called. More than usual, too. Yeah. You know, there were several of them. I think they're easier to see when you're out on the edge as opposed to the guy coming mm-hmm. up the middle. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly no, noteworthy that there could be a lot. I can't figure out at this point if that helps or hurts the Steelers more in a game like this. But I, I guess if you're the underdog, probably even sings a little bit. You would think. Yeah. You would think. Uh, a couple other notes here. That some of these I – Got from you. Some of these I came yeah, up with yeah. on my own. Um, Packers opponents this season are converting 53% of their third downs. And 100% of their red zone trips. And 100% attempts. of their red zone trips. I mean. Week one's crazy for all Packers stats. Yeah. So Packers stats, I was a little less hesitant to recite all week that I've dug up. But still, those are big, big numbers, you know, that – uh, they need to get better on money downs, too. I mean, there's just no way around that. And there's some inconsistencies with this defense. And uh, I bet they have some tendencies at this point through three games that, we, you know, Canada and Tomlin and Ben and these guys are looking at going, well, in third and longs, this is the coverages they like to play. And, you know, I mean, those things, you start to really get these tendencies at this point in the season, too. And those are negatives without question for Green Bay. I mean, yeah, the, the last uh, two weeks, the Steelers have been uh, combined right around 50% on mm-hmm. third down conversions. So, um, My problem the, is they just get to too many third downs. That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not yeah. the conversions. They're just they're so run too many third downs. You're just always on edge. Yeah. They're running the ball more on first down than any team in the league. 
And you I wouldn't think, think that would be, would be the case. By that. Yeah. yeah, I thought that, that when I read that one, I was like, man, I got to put this in the stat pack that I'm doing because that blew me away. I didn't think that would be the case, especially because early in the se- season, Najee wasn't getting you know crazy amounts of touches. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's not working. Well, is it? Because, again, I had those stats last week, and I didn't— I guess I didn't, their numbers weren't horrible, I didn't right. run them again this week, but when they've run Harris on first down, they've averaged 4.9 yards a carry. That was going into last week, Jim, and I don't think he heard it last week. No. I mean, I guess that is kind of interesting, is they run the ball on first down more than most teams, or in every team. But one of the analytic things that I half believe in is if you look at the last 5, 10 years, throwing on early downs is— is the most efficient way to move the football in the league. But I think some of that is because, well, well I'm going to get their base 4-3 or base 3-4. Nobody plays that stuff anymore. You know, I mean, first down is, is still nickel, and you're getting the same varieties. You do get more predictable coverages. You know, people have third down packages on defense that you don't see on first, but probably less so than a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to be predictable, run, run, pass, you know, old school type of deal. But the fact that they've had success running the ball on first downs is something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? You know, it, I guess. Um, I would imagine, just in general, just as a side thought, you don't want to be first or 32nd in any of those categories of frequency of doing something. Unless it works really well. Unless you're the Ravens <laughs> running the ball. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, you're, you're the seven best yards in the of league pop, yeah. at it. Yeah, you know what I mean? But if you're running the – I guarantee the Packers defense coordinator and every Packers player knows the Steelers lead the league in first down rushing percentage, you know. And again, it's it's a small sample size. It is a small sample. So you know, I, I don't know that you can like say you know make a, a generalized statement. Well, they're, they're always the Steelers always run the ball on first down. Well, let's see what it is this week. You right. know, I, so I don't know because it's a small sample size too. If you do it three more times or three fewer times, right. you might be twenty eighth in the league. Right. <laughs> you know yeah. What that's I mean? the like, that's the long different when it's yeah. ten. Uh, this one, however, I don't know if you caught this one. I, you made note that Marquez Valdez Scantling. 21.6 yards per catch. Yeah, it's and most in the league. We'll see if he's yeah, yeah. We'll see if he plays or not this week. Did you see what his catch rate was? I bet it's very low. Six out of sixteen. Six out of sixteen. <laughs> he is a notorious drop guy. Yeah. And Rogers threw the ball really poorly in week one. I imagine some of those were week one, but I, I don't know. You know, of those sixteen targets, when each came, but Rogers didn't play well in week one. They were playing from behind. But that's who he is. I mean, he's a total hit or miss guy. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's he's like the uh, he's like Dave Kingman. Yeah. in baseball, he's going to either strike out or hit a home run. Absolutely, <laughs> and and he's big and he's fast and he looks great and he teases you. He makes Rogers crazy, I think. But uh, I mean, that's one of the things though. Like it, everyone around here really focuses on the Steelers. Great, of course they should. But there's a lot of players like this in the league that'll be like this their whole career. Like I don't think Deontay is going to be a heavy drop guy throughout his career. Hasn't dropped the pass this year. No, right. he, he didn't play last week. But the first two games didn't have a drop. Right. I think Ebron is. Yeah. You know, I, he's I got mean, a longer he's, track. He's record. got a track record of yeah. different teams, different systems, and this guy is out of Scantling. But um, the Steelers are also allowing some deep completions too. So it would be better if he's not in the equation. Right. Then you don't have to. Hope. Yeah, they don't have another. Because Rogers element. will throw him. Oh, he'll throw him. There's yeah. no question about that. I was watching. I was listening to some Greg Cosell stuff, and he was talking Rogers. And Greg said something along the line of, "If every quarterback I've ever seen, and 
Greg's been doing this like 50 years. No one attacks one-on-one matchups with the ferocity of, of Rodgers. Yeah. And that's what Valdez Scantling is. Everyone's going to roll coverages to Adams. If he's one-on-one, Rodgers is aggressive with one-on-one situations. And there's he no way around it. He's a great arm. He trusts his arm, and he yeah. trusts his accuracy. Yep. I mean, he's going to put it back shoulder if he has to or lead him right where he needs to. I mean, it's remarkable. Yeah. How about this? Steelers' opponents have blitzed just 12.9% of the time this season. By far the lowest in the league. The Packers this season have blitzed 32 times, which is tied for the 11th most. Okay. Do they back off in this game? I think everybody does. I think the book's been written that you need to, you know, you're more versed in basketball, but what is it you shoot people out of zone defenses or whatever it is? You know, like if you're going to get heavy, heavy tendencies, you got to make them pay for playing that way. My thoughts on it, like, I don't know how do you how do you do that though? You know, everybody's talking about well, why don't the Steelers throw to the middle of the field? Well, nobody's blitzing, which right. means the middle of the field's more crowded. I mean, that's the defensive approach. I assume is yeah. every week says, well, Ben's gonna get it out of his hands anyways. The chance of us getting home are slim. We'll stay here, tackle the catch, and we want yeah. one more tackler yeah. close to the line of scrimmage. And it's not like it's a Lamar spy situation. You right. know, some of those guys you don't blitz often because they run right past you. We're just going to hang, crowd the middle of the field. And, and and that is absolutely one of the reasons why the Steelers don't throw the middle of the field very often. Too many there's, bodies. There's a lot of bodies yeah. and often an extra and one. And because they haven't hit the passes to the outside consistently. Right, right. So why would you why would you not do that? You don't want to give up. Okay, he's going to catch. If, if you give up a, an eight-yard slant mm-hmm. that turns into a 40-yard gain because, you know, somebody misses a tackle, that's not good. No, right, right. So you, you put the extra body in the middle of the field. You force Roethlisberger to throw the ball outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and, and yeah, and, it, and it's working obviously for defenses. One thing that we haven't talked, to, we've we've brought it up, of course, but we haven't talked a ton about it because when I go on these radio shows, I'm sure the same way. Why aren't the Steelers throwing in the middle of the field? Well, it's a problem. I mean, it, how many times have I said in the last year and a half they need to attack more blades of grass? But one way that they could do that we just don't see as much as they used to. How about how often did Ben traditional five step drop? Back foot hits on time. AB's coming out of his break on just a, a very generic out route, and everyone's afraid of him beating him over the top. Boom! There's 12 yards. Like, yeah, they don't try that stuff much at all. Part of it's arm strength throws, but I think Ben can make the throw. I don't think it's Matt Schaub fluttering it out there is going to go pick six it. To, you know, I think it's some of the trust factor. I think it's some I, of the trust factor. Him, we've actually seen him throw some of those back shoulder throws, and the receiver just kept running. There's some of that. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is absolutely not on the, the same youth page. of the receivers. Yeah. I absolutely think the more that I've watched this passing game, and I was just, was just talking with Stan in the parking lot on my way up here, and it, we kind of went down this, this hole about, you know, the passing game. I think both these people listening realize this, but when go watch a special on Bill Walsh. You know, I mean, when I devise this route, it needs – 3.1 seconds to develop for Jerry Rice to get open in 3.1 seconds at this spot in the field at the exact time. And in 3.1 seconds, Montana's back foot's going to hit. Like, drops right. match routes. And that always when I found that out, I'm like, wow, that's unbelievably precise. I mean, it's down to the 0.1 second, yeah. and the ball needs to be six inches in front of the numbers. That's knowing your personnel and yeah. you know, how quickly they need to do stuff. The Steelers don't have that at all right now. Yeah. yeah the more, as I was talking through that just a, a half hour ago, I'm like, Ben's not playing in rhythm. 
the the receivers aren't coming out of their breaks at the same spot every time. You know, like the, the timing and rhythm of the passing game isn't there. And I, I really noticed that this week because Rodgers said after week one when they were awful, he's like, I threw the ball fine, but my timing and rhythm was junk. I was rusty. I yeah. was not the same. And now, and now it's back. You know, I mean, that that's what the whole passing game's about. When they it's, write this stuff up, it's based on timing and rhythm. I, I think so much of it stems to our conversation from yesterday where the, the offensive line just isn't trusted right now. Right. To, you know, if you, if, again, if, as Merrill Hodge said, you know, if, if you're the quarterback and you walk to the line of scrimmage and you have no trust whatsoever that they're going to block it up, the oh, way that certainly it needs a to factor. be blocked up, right? Uh, or if you're Najee Harris and you're walking up to the line of scrimmage to get the, you know, I'm getting the ball this time. Okay, are they gonna? Am I gonna get hit three yards in the backfield? Mm-hmm. You ju- you just don't trust. You know what what's you don't trust what's the play is designed to do to work because you think that there's going to be a breakdown immediately. Sure, but you have to. But you have to. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, but it's, it's easier said than done. In nature, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, if you're a surfer, you realize there's great whites in the water, but you got to get over that, you right. know, or whatever it is. You know, what I mean, you know, you're, you're falling back in one of those trust things, and you're mm-hmm. falling backwards. Well, you know, and your timing's just a your head's going to hit the floor if somebody, if somebody doesn't do it. Right, you know? right, exactly. Um, a couple notes that Stan brought up that were on that sheet that I sent you guys was 25 percent of the Steelers' throws are behind the line of scrimmage. That ain't cutting it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's too easy. I mean, that's kind of, this is the wrong way of phrasing it, but that's not trying to get better at what you're bad at. Yeah. You know, that you can't be that percentage of the of them behind the line of scrimmage. The problem is, is that, I mean, I can't think of too many where they've gotten, I mean, there's going to be one here or there where they've gotten stopped for a loss. Right. I mean, it's a cheap So if you're getting four or five yards out of it, you're going to keep doing it. I know. And so much of it is... And I wonder, and no one will ever tell you the true answer, but I wonder what percentage of their play calls are RPOs. It's really high. Yeah. And they're all settling for singles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, at this point, it's better than strikeouts and foul balls yeah, and what they've been doing. Yeah, if it's taking but... care of the football, you know, if you're right. if the defense is at full strength and you want to play that way, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. I get it. But when the defense wasn't at full strength the last two weeks and you're not attacking down the field at all, and you're playing things close to the vest, as we saw, it didn't work. Yeah, and too much of a – I almost feel like the offense is too much of things, too much of holding the ball, too much of getting it out quick, too much of those. You know, like the balance factor, and it's not what percentage you run and what percentage you throw. The balance of how you play or keeping, you know, defenses off balance isn't there at all. No. Then everybody's to blame for it. Yeah. How about this stat for you? Cam Hayward has the fourth most pass breakups in the NFL thus far. Wow. He has three. Every player tied or ahead of him is a defensive back. That makes sense. (laughs) You throw it a corner, he swats it down. Yeah, right. J.J. Watt's one of those dudes that was near the top of the league. He's getting his hair. Yeah. I mean, and and I I see what Hayward is doing here, uh, you know, particularly the last couple weeks is like, okay, you're going to double me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my hands up and bat the pass down. Bat the pass down. And the one he didn't get. I give him all the credit in the world for causing the Burrow interception. Yeah. I mean, that was Burrow rushing it, throwing too much, putting too much air under it. He had to throw it over Cam. Had to throw it <laughs> over Cam in his big hands and throw it over the tree. Um, I don't think he's gotten the credit because we all know he's a top five defensive yeah. tackle. He's a pro Everybody looks at the sacks, you know, the right. tackles and things of that nature. How he affects the game 
goes beyond those things. Yes. I, one thing he's awesome at, first of all, is taking blockers with him so looping ends and stuff can make plays. He's like on a snowplow. Yes. I mean, his he's bull like rush you're is shoveling your you're shoveling your snow on your front line or on your front your front uh, sidewalk, and you're just kind of taking it and, and just put. You're not stopping to, to you know unload your shovel. Right, right, you're right. just pushing the snow. And, and it keeps getting more and more snow on there. You there's know, a big that, lane. That real wet it, right. snow. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. That's what Cam does. Exactly. You know, he picks up this blocker, then he picks up that he's taking that one with him. He's like taking two guys with him and just kind of moving them where he wants to move them. He really does. And I expect him to do a lot of that this weekend, to, or, you know, because their line isn't great. There's you know, actually, then Kenny Clarkson do a fair amount of it, the green as well, but that's a side issue. Where I was going, though, is I think Cam's playing even better now than. In previous years, he keeps getting better, and I think this has been his best year. I think he just keeps getting stronger, stronger, and more dominant, smarter. You know, I mean, just the way he plays. But you wouldn't know it by stats, except for this one, I guess. Yeah. You know, which not everyone knew that stat. I didn't know that stat. But man, I keep thinking, what if Tuit were next to him, or oh, you know, I mean, they're just yeah. You're buying time right now until Tuit comes back because it, when that happens, that's a wrecking machine. Yeah, I mean that combination. And obviously, just a healthy Highsmith and Watt and all those guys goes a long way too. But Cam is more than doing his job in uh, this year. And I think we said this Monday. I don't know that anyone's using more energy than him. I mean, he runs the ball every play. Yeah. He's fighting doubles like crazy. You know, part of that echoes of the whistle. He and he practices every Wednesday, and there's a reason for him doing things like that. It's to set. It's to set the example for everybody mm-hmm. else on that defense. Say, look, this is how we play. Um, even though the play is 20 yards away from me, I'm going to run over there. Yeah. Because that takes, you know, just it's just the energy that it takes for me to run over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I won't make the tackle. But what if that guy breaks that tackle? Right, right, right. I'm going to be there to clean it up. Or my guy picks up a loose ball and I can set a block. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. You know I mean? I'm going to be near the football. It's one thing, you know, I've noticed this a couple of times about the offensive line. And I hate to keep pounding the drum on them and picking mm-hmm. on them. But I've noticed on more than one occasion where they thought the ball was out, and so then they'll, everybody just kind of starts stands and looks around, and that's yeah. and they're not doing anything anymore. It's a good, converse, good conversation because really I think amongst 300-pound defensive linemen, the Steelers guys get to the football as well as any I've ever seen. And credit – Coach Mitchell and Tomlin and the whole Dunbar, defensive staff. And yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and the current guys without question. And Cam sets the tone. And you've been there way more than I have. I mean, there's times on the sidelines you're watching practice, and it's like Jurassic Park yeah. in terms of the ground just boom, boom, Your coffee's, you know, spewing <laughs> everywhere. And those guys are running at you like Clydesdale. Yeah, I think like, I've told man. the story before one time where I was standing on the sideline and Le'Veon Bell caught a pass along the sideline. And then into it, and Hayward came charging at him. Those He's standing talking about, yeah. five feet away. Bell's five feet away from me, and I saw those two guys, you know, coming at him. Like, you know, I like peed myself a little bit. Yeah, you know? it's <laughs> the two T Rexes coming at him, and the ground shaking. I couldn't I mean, imagine getting hit by the two of those vicious guys at the same intentions time and on the run like that. Right, and they just keep building speed and building speed. But you know, the term on offense, they use the term "looking for work." You know, like, yeah. okay, my guy's not here. I'm going to go look for work. I'm going to go find somebody. I'm going to go find color of a different color, and I'm going to hit them no matter what if it's not my assignment. They could do a better job of that. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. And, <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that. that means you're getting off the blocks. Yeah. You know, you're, you're getting 
You know, just because you blocked your guy and you think the ball's out doesn't mean that you can't now go hit somebody else. Right, right. You know? I mean, I like talk to Wolf and, okay, this guy stunts and I don't have anybody to block. Well, Tunch is standing this dude up. I'm going to drill him in the rib. Yeah. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. Like, I got a free opportunity to go and flick some pain on somebody and set a tone. What's better than that? You know, right. so they could do more of that. They could do a lot more than that, uh, more of that. Um, some of the Packers' uh, injuries, uh, we mentioned Valdez Scantling. Um, they're in worse shape than the Steelers. They're banged wise. up in the secondary yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, too, here. Um, you know, King's probably not going to play. Yeah, that's a concussion. Um, he's we'll not a great player, but they're searching for his replacement right now. Right. That's why he's and the first-round pick on the corner who's still learning. Yeah. And they have a great – it's just like the receivers. The Valdez Scantling conversation, they have a, a great corner. They have a great receiver that are amongst the best in the league. But all the other guys wouldn't play for the Steelers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think the Steelers can have some offensive success in this game. I'll be disappointed. It's hard to say that. Yeah. But I, I, this is the game I point out. Okay, so these first three games, they, they've been what they've been. I think mm-hmm. Buffalo's a good defense. I think the Raiders have shown that they've they've got a pretty good defense. Let's see what let's see what they do against this this uh, Green Bay defense, yeah. which I think is probably middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. Yeah. I would say it's the fourth one of the three of the four they're going to play yeah. after Sunday. Yeah, they have some good players. And they better get it going because next week they play Denver. So yeah, yeah. You know, now you're Denver's going to get Baltimore. They can handle yeah. that. Side note: We'll probably talk around the league. We'll talk about that in the yeah, yeah, next yeah. segment. Yeah, um, Kenny Clark really worries me. Yeah, because uh, I was doing more research on him just in the last twenty four hours. They wanted him to be more of a three technique because he's he's not a tradition. He's not Casey Hampton on the nose, and he was fine with it. And then in week two, they just switched him and said, "Go over the center and beat his butt." Yeah. And he kicked the crap out of Alex Mack last week, who's on his last legs, and he really did number on Ragnow in week two, who's not Pretty on good. his last legs yeah. and a great center. And it basically was just head up on the center, just like we're talking about Cam Hayward. Get your big long paws on them and drive them back and just be disruptive. And Green's going to have to be able to handle power because they're yeah. going to do that to him over. And if they did the rag now, they're going to do it to Green like yeah. crazy. Well, you know, the, the question is, can they do that when they're in their nickel as much? He doesn't usually leave the field. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, he's I, not I, a great knew, pass rusher. I mean, he's their best guy. Yeah, yeah. But can they? are they going to try to do that? You know, when if they mm-hmm. if the Steelers keep them in nickel most of the I mean, game. I think ideally the way they draw it up is we could put on, on – and they can't do it now, but on throwing downs, Clark's going to be a nose, and either Gary or Zadarius will kick inside, yeah. and then the other one stays outside with Preston. And then you got a lot of speed, and you got you know a lot of guys that can run, and Clark's not as much of a liability. They're missing the Zadarius part, yeah. though, right now. But you can still double that guy. Oh, you can double. He, yeah. he's, I would imagine Clark gets a lot of doubles. Yeah. But we talked about this earlier. Merrill brought it up. They've been stinking at double teams. Right. Yeah, I went back and watched some of that, too. Like, <laughs> you see a guard and a center double dude, and this is just experience. They both let him go go in to look for the next guy. And the, the defender's like, thanks. <laughs> you know, they had yeah. him under control. They doubled him properly. But step two was one of you sticks with them and one goes and gets to the linebacker or whatever. Well, they both go get the linebacker. Yeah. And free him up, and there's nausea getting hit to yours behind the line of scrimmage. wouldn't surprise me if we see Those maybe, things should get cleaned up. Maybe. A, a, I'm not going to predict the change right away in the starting lineup, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me if, if maybe. You think Finney and Haas might see action? 
if if there's struggles, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me to see some guys get yanked. I could see that. Just it's more experienced football players yeah. that understand how to double in this league and those type of things because they can't afford mistakes. No, it's just it, again, it's the same. What you can't afford is for guys to make the same mistake over and over, over and, and over, over again. Yeah, that, yeah. It, that will drive coaches nuts. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's their least favorite thing in the world. It doesn't matter how I coach you, how many times I show you on tape, or we do it out on the field, and you keep doing it. I know I'm telling you what to do, and yeah, and you're not doing it. Yeah, no, that's a problem. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go uh, and look at the rest of the slate around the league. It's an interesting one. It certainly is. We'll do that right after this.